0: Um, I haven't actually lost connection here. You know, I'm just in deep thought. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, Floyd B also went bust in 2020. Yeah. Rest in peace. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God <a bust. laughs> Yeah, yeah, we're on, we're on.
2: Hello. Yes. Yeah. Um, oh, I was actually gonna do. Uh, I was gonna say hello 25 times there, because it is an, indeed our 25th episode. Oh come on! We're still one, going. One achievement. 25. 25. A round of applause. Lovely. 25. Up the press. What a moment. Uh, yes, up the press. It's the high press back again. Number 25. Wow. Um.
1: It's been a journey. A of, I would say we've, we've come a very yeah. long way in sh- such a, a short period of time. I think we should maybe take a minute or two, maybe to just think of a couple of highlights that we've got maybe
2: from from the 25 <laughs> episodes that we've we've filmed. We've, uh, yeah, we've, we've had a good, a really good mix of people, on, haven't we? A few, mm. uh, a few players. Um, a very first, uh, Joe Hawkins. Shout out to Joe. Okay, how long um, ago does
1: that feel? There, that was a very long time ago. Oh
2: flipping hell, yes, and, and going Premier League with a with our uh, second ever guest, Kyle. Yeah, very, very God, that was a big thing us. at the
1: time, wasn't it? Really big.
2: Yeah, just the, it's yeah. just the variety then, of uh, guests
1: that I've loved so far. Like we've gone from like Premier League footballers. The non-league episodes yep. always do really, really well. Um obviously we've had Kitman yep. Pat, the England Kitman, Warren, mm. um that seems like ages ago, the old youth coach at West Brom, Sam Cosgrove yes. of yeah. Birmingham, we've had journalists, we've had just so many people on this on, on the podcast. Um and and the guests are only gonna get more varied as we go on, aren't
2: they? Yeah, yeah. And uh going, you know, even like the the, the 20 fans we had as well for the um, you know, our, our season preview as well, you know, yeah. such a such a wide range of, of, of people we've had on. so
1: It is indeed. To, and and the exciting 25. thing is, here is to another 25. And the thing is, yeah. the guests are only going to get better as well. Mm. Uh, we've got some great guests in, in line for, yes. uh, for for season two. We're halfway, well, not even halfway through season two. We're probably not even a quarter of the way through season two. Uh, but some of the guests that we've got in the pipeline are very, very exciting we, uh, we from have, a variety of backgrounds.
2: We have in just, in fact, come off the phone to two very big guests. That's mm, all. That's yeah. all we're saying. I mean, yeah. Very if we exciting. can get them
1: over the line, I think it's 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 big news. Yeah. It's very big news. Um, here we go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is indeed. Um, so uh, we've got another guest on today, Rob. As we as we do most weeks, we would like to have a, a fresh guest on. Yes. Uh, would yes. you like to tell our wonderful listeners who we've got on today?
2: Yes, it is Joe Chapman and he is a sports journalist at Birmingham Live. he covers That's uh, West Brom as well, doesn't he? He does indeed. He covers when, West Brom as his, as his role. absolutely. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um I mean yeah, this was this was another another really good one if if I say so myself. Um Yeah. I mean how many times can you mention Shabalala in an in an episode <laughs> find out. Uh, <laughs> uh but yeah, I mean he he's also covered a number of roles as well he, he had had some coaching experience um writing at match reports for a few clubs around the country um he did some work at sky sports as well mm. um yeah i mean he, he's done a lot i mean cal what do you what did you take from the, the interview
1: there's a lot on that. I mean, we like I said to you in the episode, we do love a journalism special. I think journalism is such yeah. a um, particularly in today's in today's game, it's such a, a big and important role. And um yeah. obviously we had Luke on previously, Luke Hatfield from the Express and Star, his role obviously slightly different to what Joe does, um, but very, very, very good to get the insight of what of what Joe does. Um, really, as, as with every guest, we have on, we say, it, but we don't just say it, but we do generally mean it. Um, very yeah. down-to-earth guy. Um, you know, pleasure to chat to. And um, you know, he does some great stuff. I've I've you know, um read a lot of the work that he does being a West Brom fan, and he, he does some great articles and um thought was very insightful. And um, yeah, just, just an absolute pleasure to chat with him. Is is I think what I got it from it most was the fact that he's a fan deep down at heart and yeah, how he translates that into being a journalist. But what he also misses from being a fan as well, because of course whilst it is his job to watch football matches, which is an incredible privilege, as he mentions. Mm. You do miss out on that match day experience of getting a drink beforehand with your mates and all that jazz. Yeah. Um, so he talks about that balance. And, and as you mentioned as well, he worked at Sky Sports for, uh, for for two weeks, so on an internship, I think, wasn't it? So uh, that was a great experience. He talks about that in the episode as well. And um, yeah, just just loads more. You'll, you'll thoroughly enjoy uh, this interview with, with Joe Chapman. Brilliant. Uh, Joe, welcome to the High Press podcast. How are you doing, mate?
0: Yeah, very well. Thank you, guys, for having, for having me on.
1: No, thank you for coming on. It's great to have another journalist. We love a journalist on the High Press, don't mm, we, Rob? It's we great we to get them. the insight of someone so uh, <laughs> invested in football and they do it for a job. So it's great to have uh, someone of uh, you a know, journalist calibre on the podcast. Um, we'll, we'll get straight into it because our, our viewers will be very, very keen us to get into our 10 quick fire questions we know our last week's episode with uh, the official hrh caused a bit of controversy um and we're eager to get going with another 10 questions this week uh rob would you like to uh would you like to get the controversy started
2: Oof, would i um, yeah 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 <laughs> uh okay joe uh question number one what is your favorite sandwich uh
0: i'm gonna go for tuna mayo Ooh. Solid shout, yeah. Okay. It's a solid
1: shout, isn't it? I'm gonna have an extension onto that question for the first time in the hard press. What is your favorite <laughs> meal
0: deal? Oh, um, it would be something Sainsbury's related, only really okay. because Sainsbury's is the where I live in Droit Week. Sainsbury's is the place to go, really, uh, on the main okay. road before I certainly before, um, or well, during the pandemic when we had uh to do trips to, to football stadiums without hot food that was on offer, we had to uh, yes. Make a make few do. runs, and make a few food runs to the uh, the petrol stations before we set off, so... Uh, yeah, I would say anything tuna mayo, sweet corn related in terms of a sandwich or a wrap or a baguette or something. Um, I do like Doritos. Great, shape. Be Always like, better with a dip. Pair with. Always yeah, better with a dip. Yeah. When, it's, yeah, when it's realistic, maybe not in the car, but yeah. No, <laughs> that'd be good,
2: wouldn't <laughs> <isn't> it? <laughs> Just take a pot with you.
0: Yeah, uh, And I really like Iron Brew as well, so... I would match those up I think What a combo That is a great combo, I love that yeah. Um. Second question Um. What is your
1: favourite airline to fly with?
0: Mm. I do a lot of flying over to Belfast because my family all live in Belfast so okay. I've never had any reason to complain about EasyJet No mm. a shout I, out I, there. I
1: think plenty of other people have but obviously from your personal
0: <laughs> experience you haven't <laughs> Uh, if I'm going abroad, jet two, jet two have been very, very yes, good. Yes, jet two are the go to for me, yeah. yeah,
1: absolutely. What, um, what company did they replace now? There was a, um, uh, forget it, they, they basically replaced a company that went bump and I forget who it was. We used to fly with them all the time.
0: I know exactly who you're on about, and the name escapes me as well. I'll have a think
1: <laughs> if you if you remember at any point during the podcast, just shout it out without any forewarning. Um, exactly. so I really need to know that answer.
2: Um, <laughs> Well over Wright, to question three. It wasn't uh, Ryanair, was it? They no, there?
0: it wasn't Ryanair. Still um uh, I feel like yeah. I want to say Just it's not brain. Thompson, is it? No. It's not Thompson. No, they've been going longer no. than they've been going
1: longer than that. I think. <sighs> That's gonna do I need to Google it or do I need to wait till the end of the podcast? I think you you'll wanna like-
2: Google it. I'll what well, you can Google it, and I'll, I'll carry on with the next. Go, you go ahead with three,
1: and I'll have a quick Google because that's right. going to irritate me otherwise.
2: This is very professional. This is. I don't know if you. Uh... It, very, it really is. We are the definition. It is, isn't of it? It's quite yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, right. So, do you subscribe to the theory that a cup of tea calls you down? Do you think that is? What do you reckon to that?
0: Uh, once upon a time, yes. And then mm. more recently, I've lost faith in it, to be honest with you, because I've been <laughs> yeah. trying that. In these, <laughs> yeah. in these summery days in the, uh, the start of September. I really do believe that uh, it gets warmer the minute the kids go back to school, though, because the yeah, end of the week yeah. is rubbish. And then yeah. it's been like a heat wave in the first week of September. Um, yeah. And you, your parents always used to talk about that. You know, your kids go back to school when the sun comes yeah. out. And it's true. Um, so, yes, I absolutely think that's totally false because... That's-
2: I've That's got an addition. I've got an addition to this theory. I think initially, you drink it and you you just start sweating. But I think gradually it cools you down after. I, I don't think Hello? it's well, it's it's not an instant cooling effect, obviously, because it's boiling hot liquid. But I think <laughs> if you give that ten minutes, I don't mean drink a cold cup of tea. I don't mean that. But if you drink <laughs> it, I reckon ten to fifteen minutes later it cools you down.
0: It's like an investment how. of time.
2: Yeah, yeah. I just, like I just a... think
1: it's the the biggest myth I've ever heard. Like, it, how can a hot drink cool you down? I'm not having it.
2: I don't know. It's I'm not like having a bit it. Of a, bit of an internal cooling system. <laughs> anyway, that was very interesting. I've, I've got
1: some feedback from <laughs> question two. Um, so yes. I typed into Google UK airlines that have gone bust. And um, three names stood out to me, and I never did enter the last one. So, obviously, Thomas Cook, who lost in 2019. Oh, yeah. Um, Flybe also went bust in 2020. Rest in peace.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, <place>. yeah. yeah <laughs> <bless> but <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, but yeah. The, the airline that I was referring to was Monarch. Monarch. Oh, yeah. Monarch. And it was Monarch Air. There we go. Was I'm was very happy like a Purple, really purple logo, was it? Is it purple? I've literally just Monarch. closed down Google. You're killing me here, Joe. Oh, um, no, did did, did
2: Monarch do a load of flights to Ireland? Or is it just because you said that? I've got that in my head.
1: Uh, it's kind of purple, actually, Joe. Yeah, it is kind of purple. Purple and yellow. Purple,
0: purple and yellow, that's right, yeah.
2: Well, purple are very is a very regal colour. That's That would be why. Yeah.
1: It's more clarity, isn't it, for you, really, but...
2: Yeah, if, that, if that's what you were getting at, but
1: there we go. No, 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 no. Actually, it's a. It's a he wasn't.
2: A, yeah, it's like back in <laughs> back in the classical days. Anyway, <laughs>
1: uh, 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 question four. <laughs> question four. Yeah, dier. I'll I'll get on with that. Uh, if you dier could recommend dier. one t- it's absolute state of this podcast. God, show, if you could recommend does, yeah. one TV series or film, what would it be?
0: Um. Phew. I haven't actually lost connection here. I'm just in deep thought. Um, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, film or TV series? I am pretty easygoing when it comes to TV series. I tend to watch anything, whether it's you know kind of light-hearted stuff like not going out and Friday night dinner. I tend yeah. to watch That's those good. on loop, um, and then the deeper stuff would be. Oh, I like fantasy stuff really. So it might sound like a boring answer. I really, really enjoy Game of Thrones.
2: Okay. Um, okay. I'm yeah, one of the very, lands. very
0: few. I'm one of the few people, in fact, maybe the only person on the planet that is keeping the Walking Dead going. Um, <laughs> feels like oh. everybody's fallen off after about six or seven series, and I'm still here on whatever we are. I don't even know what number we're on. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, I'm a bit of a Marvel freak as well. So anything, anything formulated related um, would be would be Marvel. I went and watched Shang Chi recently, which I thought was very, very good. Mm. Okay, great, good stuff. Some good suggestions
2: there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right, so this, it depends on your interpretation of this question. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right, where is the worst place you could get stuck? Now, there's, a, there's multiple ways to answer that, so <laughs> where's oh, the God. worst place you could get
0: stuck? Um, <sighs> maybe like a toilet on the train. That's a great so, show, you know. Yeah. That is a really good shout. For like, show. various reasons. You don't want to be in that toilet because yeah. you know no. it's going to be horrific <laughs> before you go in there. Only desperation sends you there. And then if you're <laughs> stuck for whatever reason, you're missing stops and all sorts. Yeah. I, think, I think that's not great. And also, let's be honest, who just doesn't like the use of their own bathroom? It's a true. strange yeah, bathroom is just big no-no. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I agree. I, I struggle to disagree with anything that you've just said there, if I'm being very <laughs> honest with you.
0: Um, I mean, though, I'm sure there are much worse places to be, but just yeah. Yeah, the pure <laughs> inconvenience. It's <laughs> probably that's for whatever reason. I have no idea, but that's just. I'm not even having like past experiences. It's yeah. just come to my
2: head. You know, you know what? Sort of similar. I would hate to be stuck in a changing room. You know, like in a little cubicle. Something, mm. something about small cubicles. I don't know. Maybe that's claustrophobia. Maybe. Maybe yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Somewhere uh, like that. If you, especially if you're in a building like that, and say. You know, nobody realises you're in there and you've, yeah, they, they lock the place up and you're there overnight, that kind of thing. Not yeah, ideal, yeah. No. no, not at all.
1: Uh, question <laughs> six <laughs> favorite hobby that isn't football,
0: uh, cricket. Cricket, okay, playing. great. I just, I just love cricket, yeah. Cricket's like, I, I've been very, very fortunate to, uh, to cover Warwickshire and Birmingham Bears and Birmingham Phoenix this summer, and uh, um, oh, wow. well, I, I play village cricket as well, which, oh, brilliant. Um, very, very sadly, is coming to the end of the season. I've only got a couple more games, but I've absolutely loved it. It's pretty much April till September time, so mm. cricket would be for me, I think. I mean, I, I, you know, coming through university and you know, your teenage years, everybody just loves playing video games, and I still enjoy mm. a bit of football manager from time to time. But, um, yeah. in terms of getting out there and stuff, yeah, definitely cricket. Cricket's if I'm not in the, the club, guy, so. then it's cricket, yeah,
2: <laughs> nice, nice one. Um, so, another question about being stuck. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, you, so, if you're stranded on a desert island, what two items, um, well, is, are I taking with you or hoping that you get washed up with? Or, I don't know. If you had the choice, what two items um, would you take on an island base?
0: Well, I mean, I'm guessing that you're not going to be living very long so you know even if you have like food you're not going to be sustaining yourself for an infinite period if you're stuck there until you die you may as well enjoy it Mm. um okay i'd be looking for like a crate of lager of some kind
2: yeah
1: yeah (laughs) Um, (laughs)
0: okay only sorrows yeah and maybe margot robbie (laughs) that's probably you know i mean just like just go for those
2: okay (laughs) wow
1: I love uh, the variation like of answers that we get like this question. That. We get some that are really old, desperate on survival. What essentials do we need? And then we get Mr yeah. Chapman over it. Oh, yeah, just going to live it out as long as I can. I it, mean,
0: it, yeah. I'll die, I'll you die, really. Not. You might only be a couple of days.
2: You know. <laughs> wow, what an amazing few days that would be.
0: It's piss, a great perspective piss, to have.
2: Pissed out your head with Margot Robbie. Why not? <laughs> That's the title, by the way, the title of the, of the episode.
1: There we go. Remember that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh question eight um favorite artist or band
0: uh the killers Um, oh absolutely i absolutely love the killers yeah properly um the killers are good i'll I'll give you that they're the kind of they're the kind of band that have their own playlist on my spotify just them and Mm. nobody else just their entire back catalogue that you just want shuffle it doesn't matter what song that throws up i'll listen to it um yeah and Brandon Flowers, the lead singer, has done a couple of solo albums as well, which are absolutely superb. So anything Brandon Flowers-related, really. Nice. <laughs> Have oh, you got posters goodness. up in your room somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 don't quite stretch to that. Um, but yeah, no, definitely The Killers. One of the best. Although a bit of a kind of a bit of a bit curveball. I think this band tends to people just love to hate, but the best band I actually ever saw over were probably Coldplay.
1: Yeah, to see yeah. I can't they, disagree with that insane. I think Coldplay are top notch I do Yeah, yeah They were absolutely outstanding So yeah Shout mm. out to them as well Yeah really shout good band them. I'm not having any Coldplay um, mm. Hate on this podcast don't get it. Because
2: I, I don't I don't get the hate Why No I Why don't I Coldplay think hated? really good music lyrically
1: also very oh. good And I don't think they've really Ever had a bad concert So um, no, top class. I'll, I'll, I'll happily go with that
2: Yeah nice uh, Okay not so nice. What is your biggest pet
0: peeve? Um, is this kind of like a Room 101 kind of situation? Then it, I've realized in the last however many months how much I absolutely despise traffic, which <laughs> yeah, is something that I okay. think everybody hates anyway, especially yeah. if you're an Albion fan around the Hawthorne. Oh, it's ridiculous at the minute. It's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. <clears throat> if there was any kind of very, very Minuscule, tiny, little benefit to the pandemic. It was that the roads were basically empty, um, mm. uh, and you know, driving around the the country to to cover the Albion Games, home and away, was pretty easy. Yeah, kind of June, July time last year. But my God, yeah, it's just when journeys should take ten minutes and they take half an hour, or a journey should take an hour and it takes two and a half hours, and you just think, oh my God. Yeah, the car just keeps putting his brake lights on in front of you. You are just you're losing your mind. You got to stay calm because otherwise, you know, you're putting yourself <laughs> at risk. Yeah, you very much do. I
1: I can quite often, uh, admittedly, until I had a speed awareness course. Um, I I used to be quite an angry driver, um, and that has yeah. calmed me down considerably. Um, considering they've taken, uh, around about ninety five pounds from me and three hours <laughs> of my time that I'll never get back. So yeah, yeah. Imagine them, it's price are, of
0: from price of rehabilitation, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. <laughs> mm.
2: What sort of traffic do they have at, uh, around West Brom? Is it, is it cars yet, or they're still on horse and cart? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: know, I, I knew that question was coming. That was like kind of um, <laughs> current blue aim, doesn't it? Uh, <laughs> it was. It was. It's been horrible. I don't even know why it's so bad at the moment. To be honest, to start of this, they've just introduced in a
1: new, um, a, a new traffic um, a speed bump. shuts <laughs> up. Basically, um, they've just introduced <laughs> a new traffic management system, which basically means people can't get out of the stadium for half an hour, which is ludicrous. But yeah, yeah.
0: it, it wasn't helped by a, uh, a stray car on the on the M6 or the slip road of the M5 uh, on okay. that day, which meant that. Half the fans weren't in the ground by mm. with but with half an hour before the kickoff. So just an absolute <laughs> disaster when things like that happen. That's one of the bad things about being right next to the motorway. There's a lot of yeah. good things about having a stadium next to the motorway, but that is not a good one. Hawaii
1: fans seem to love it, don't they? Obviously, because you just jump straight off and you're there. But
0: there yeah. we go. And the volume.
1: Yeah, the <laughs> volume. Very true. Um and the and the last question um is a question that well, in our previous series, if you listen to that, you'll know that we asked the question Pepsi or Coke, and we was Delighted to um, find out that Coke was the overwhelming winner and, and, and rightly so. Um, and we've moved on to a new controversial question for the series and if you've been listening, you'll, you'll know what this is. Uh, and John, I'm going to ask you this and I'll, I want you to ask, answer it with as much passion and as much honesty and integrity <laughs> that you can possibly answer it with. What colour cap is your milk?
0: Green. Oi. Green. it's, it's
1: the right way to go it's the right way to go isn't it now, I, I, I explain to every guest that I'm a yellow top fan so have you ever heard <laughs> a, a, a
0: milk brand called Bob I've heard of it yeah Yeah.
1: yeah. so I think mm, it's, it's skimmed milk that tastes like semi skimmed or vice or something like that but I can't have milk unless it's that
0: um, it's like the old Hovis 50-50 isn't it that <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> yes they would be on the same shelf next to each other if they yeah. were on the same aisle without a shadow of a doubt um red milk is obviously a big no go I think we can all no. agree with that can't we? compared to water in our last episode which is yeah. again I can't disagree with um
0: but yeah that's good for fun. the record. Uh, absolutely for the record pepsi so
2: yeah yeah really yes come on yeah pepsi. Oh dear. first one <laughs> it's yeah. probably the first one wasn't it Sorry. for pepsi
1: I thought we left really? this in season oh, 1 but again, <laughs> I
2: can <laughs> everybody was co I was pepsi all along there was one other pepsi person Under I think, the radar. wasn't there And then then someone,
1: someone, yeah, someone at Rogan said Orangina.
2: Sam Sam Cosgrove said Orangina. Yeah, it was,
1: it was, wasn't it? Mm. Um, Blimey. Anyway, enough of Pepsi Coke milk and bread. Let's move on to uh, the (laughs) high-press quiz. Now, um, we've got four colours here. It's the same every week, we've got four colours. I'm going to ask our guest Joe to choose a colour between red, blue, yellow and green. And the colour that Joe uh, chooses will uh, determine the category of questions that both Joe and Rob will answer. So, Joe, what question... uh, Sorry, what colour, rather, would you like to choose?
0: Uh, I'm going to go for green.
1: Green. Great choice. Always, You are a West Brom fan, aren't you, Joe? I am, yeah. So I'm always worried when we have West um, (laughs) Brom-affiliated people on this podcast that they go with blue, and it means that we've absolutely... Um, rinsed the blue category of general knowledge on here. Um, but I'm pleased to say that we've chosen World Stage, uh, which is based oh, off the Euros and the World Cup. It's a tough oh, category. Um, so <laughs> we're going to go with it. So, Joe, we're <laughs> going to give you your five questions first, and then we'll head over to Rob. What we're also going to do as well um, is, obviously, there was a certain person who's went through on this podcast with us today, uh, a Mr. Joe Massey of The Express and Star, but he's bailed on us. Um, but we'll forgive him <laughs> because we've rebooked with him so I'll have him on uh, hopefully next week uh, or certainly sometime in the future um, but we're going to compare your scores Joe so the two Joes are going to go up against each other just on different episodes so a lot yeah. at stake here hmm. so it's first question the Joe title, it? Mm, for the journal title we could throw it's Luke like local into it bragging well, right? yeah. yeah we could yeah, throw
2: we'll Luke have to, into it but we'll Luke to we'll get
1: score. Mm. <laughs> anyway your first question Joe <laughs> Um, which nation won all three of their group games without conceding a goal in the 2018 FIFA World Cup? Um, it wasn't Iran, was it? I, I, I'm going to have to ask if that's your final answer or not.
0: Oh, God, does that mean no?
1: Um <clears throat> It was. It was because you asked me a question in return, rather than a definitive answer. I didn't want to take that. Oh, right, okay, from you
0: okay, okay. I've just bought myself a few more seconds. Uh, <laughs> Belgium. Incorrect. It's Uruguay. Oh,
2: really?
1: Wow. Uruguay. Uh, question two: um, What was the final score in the nineteen ninety eight FIFA World Cup final between France and Brazil?
0: It was three 0 to France.
1: Correct. On the board. Love to see it. Question three. Which country has played in the most FIFA World Cup finals with eight appearances? Oh, it's a bit of a stab in the
0: dark. Uh, I'm going to go... Italy. Incorrect. Germany. Won four and lost four. Um,
1: fourth question. Oh, I know. The, even I know the answer to this one. Oh, right. What was the name of the infamous 2010 FIFA World Cup official ball? Oh God! It went everywhere. I bought one. I had a shot on goal that yeah, I thought yeah, was yeah. flying in. Uh, it's probably four neighbours away now. I don't know where it is. I've never <laughs> seen it since. And that was
0: in 2010. That was <laughs> in 2010. <Yeah. laughs> Still going. My, over- my overriding memory of that tournament is just the word vuvuzela, and it's yeah. definitely not related <laughs> to the ball. Shabalaba first ever. Oh my God! Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: was it something like the Jubilani? I'm going to give you that. It's the oh, yeah, Jabulani. Yeah. I'll, give you, that. I'll give you that. yeah. Yeah, Thank that's you. the one. What a great ball. If no, I could buy that on the shelf again, I certainly <laughs> would. Um, right, and your last question for three out of five, which would be a, a you know great score, I think. Um, mm. How many goals has Zinedine Zidane scored in FIFA World Cup final matches? Uh, I'm
0: going to go three.
1: Correct. So he scored two versus Brazil in 1998, and then the one versus Italy in 2006. Before he lost
0: his head, yeah. Before
1: right. he lost, his it completely lost his head? Almost mm. quite literally. Um, three out of five. <laughs> you happy with that, Joe?
0: Points on the board. I think Massy's got yes. to go and get a result somewhere else. So,
1: what's Massy's yeah. football knowledge like in comparison to yours? If you were, if you're mm. brave enough to say,
0: he's a big football manager person, so. Yeah, oh yeah, mm. massive. He, he loves Jason
1: McCarthy, doesn't he? That right back at Wickham. He's got an absolute obsession upset. His
0: lower league knowledge is very good from his Walter and okay. Shrewsbury days. Uh, he's an Ipswich fan as well. So yeah. Mm, but okay. um Yeah, I think he I think he'd be and he's he's got a few years on me as well, so mm. that probably helps his cause a little bit. But um
1: Three out of yeah, five is not three. an easy score to get. you have got to go and ask it's...
0: him to get four out of five to beat me. So, you know, <laughs> I'll, I'll take that. I've put points on the board. He's got to, uh, he's got to go and make up the uh, the games in hand.
1: Exactly. And the thing is, it's the look of the draw as well. And I know Rob doesn't like yeah. that term because Rob feels a little bit hard done by how yeah, yeah. this week's with the yeah. questions. Um, but it is the look of the draw. No
2: one knows what's coming. Yeah, yeah,
1: um, so we'll, we'll see what's coming up ahead for, for this one. So,
2: Rob, you ready for your first question? You know what? I can't remember the last time I actually won this. So Neither
1: can I. So let's carry no, on, shall we? Let's go through. Um question 1, who was the first oh, player good. to score in a, hat tr- a score a hat-trick in a FIFA World Cup final? You see what I mean? See what sort of <laughs> questions <is> that <laughs> well, I, I, think that's, I, I think I think that's a reasonable question. Uh first Pele. player to score a hat-trick in a FIFA World Cup final. Pelé. Pelé. Incorrect. It was Sir Geoff Hurst. <sighs> uh question 2. <laughs> <laughs> There's a, there's a look of, of reluctancy uh, on both of the faces. I know what's, of I know what's happening.
2: I know what's coming. Um, okay, just get it <laughs> over with. Question two. Yeah.
1: Which Dutch player scored a famous wonder goal against Argentina in the 1998 FIFA World Cup? Van Basten? Incorrect. It's Dennis Bergkamp. Uh oh, Okay. Question three. Struggling here. Struggling (laughs) here, Rob. You need to get some answers on the board here. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Question three. Who... (laughs) You said Yeah,
2: here we go.
1: Who missed for Italy in their shootout defeat by Brazil in the 1994 FIFA World Cup final? It was Daniele... Excuse my pronunciation. Daniele Massaro... Roberto Baggio, of course, and who was the other person?
2: Oh, I thought you were giving me like a multiple choice. (laughs) No, no.
1: So there were three people that missed in that final. I've gave you two names, and you need to name the third.
2: So basically, name an Italian player from 1994. Um... It's a tough question, this. Uh...
1: The look of the draw, Rob. Remember that. Yeah, it's the look yeah the it is. Yeah,
2: yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah, every time. You know what? One one week, I want to go first. Yeah, you actually. can if you want. You can. Yeah, I'll go first next. Week. I don't know. I my head's gone. Just, just take go. a stab <laughs> in the dark. I can't even think of an Italian player anymore. I was just about to say Zanetti. And that, <laughs> <laughs> that that wouldn't be a bad show. Uh, or Argentinian. He's not even Italy.
1: Italy? <laughs> oh, yeah, because, sorry, he played his whole career in Italy, oh, didn't he?
2: Oh, God, rather than I don't know. Like this opinion.
1: is why I don't do the quiz. That's why I host it.
2: Super Mario, I don't know. Like I oh, right, clearly, oh, he was probably still playing in
0: 19. <laughs> <Yeah.
1: laughs> um, the uh, correct answer was Franco Beresi. Oh, oh my God. Wow, OK. Um, question yeah. four. Um, and this is brilliant, the timing of this, obviously, because you can't win now. Um, which South African scored the opening goal in the 2010 FIFA <laughs> World Cup? Shabalala. Um can you give me the first name, please? No, no I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna no. <laughs> no, no, It was no.
2: Sifiwi Teshaba I think that's how you pronounce it. You know what? I've never um, been I've never got zero, so I'm happy that I've got at least
1: no, me. yeah, absolutely. Well to get two is is you know it's okay, yeah. it's not terrible. Yeah. Um so your last question is which former Premier League manager fouled Michael Owen to allow David Beckham to score a winning penalty? Against Argentina in the 2002 FIFA World Cup, which uh, former Premier League manager failed Michael Owen to allow David Beckham to score oh. a winning penalty against Argentina in the 2002 <laughs> FIFA this.
2: World Cup. I hate this. Come on, Rob. Think
1: of a think of a think of a former oh,
2: Argentinian God. Premier League manager. Uh, I literally can't. I literally can't, can't think of one.
0: He had happened? long flowing locks back then, didn't he? If I remember. I think you might have done. Ah! Yeah, might have done. Yes! The, um,
2: oh, my God. Pochettino. Correct. Yeah, oh, well done. Thank, well thank you very much for that. Thank you for, for telling me how <laughs> to <hair>. um, <laughs> oh, God
1: And that, in reality, meant nothing, because Joe, um, as we know, it's has won fine. the quiz. So, That's congratulations, on. Joe. Any any final words to say? <laughs> any messages to Massey?
0: Um... Just bring it on, really. Mm. Yeah. In the oh, Wow. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure you guys will make it like a lion's den in here. So. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, naturally. he's up against me. So. Um... <laughs> it's true. Oh, and Rob's obviously going first. So. Uh, yes. Got go, yeah. Yeah, on. Come on.
1: yeah. Come on.
2: Come
0: on. Not that it's that so matters home. in terms of the
1: difficulty of the questions, but, you know, it's the look of the draw, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Look
2: at the draw. No, yeah. Yeah, um... at the draw Every week, look at the draw. Yeah. It's brilliant.
1: Um, anyway, oh, we're now going to come God. on to the part of the podcast where we're going to ask um, our guest Joe a few questions. Um, but before we do, Joe, do you want to um, just take a, a few, uh, a few seconds, just to explain who you are, what you do?
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> hello, my name is Joe Chapman. <laughs> I am uh, <laughs> very formal. <laughs> yeah. Um, I am the West Bromwich <laughs> Albion correspondent for the Birmingham Mail, Birmingham Live. Uh, have been so for. The last well, this is my third third season covering Albion fully. But I've worked for the Mail uh, and covered various West Midlands football clubs in that time for about seven years, um, or, or getting on to seven years. Um, yeah, I'm a big Albion fan, which helps my which helps my job as well. Yeah.
1: Do, do you have um, a complete sub-question, but do you have difficulty um, keeping in your emotions on match day? Because obviously, for, I, I know we mentioned Joe Massey again. I know he's an Ipswich fan, but he's become very invested in the club since mm. he's reporting on them. And you and can get that because it's your job. But for you, obviously, it's a little bit different because you, you do genuinely support them. Is it difficult yeah. to keep that emotion in on a match day? Uh,
0: there is the odd kind of fist bump under the press box table yeah. sometimes. But... Do you know what? Generally, though, I've I impressed myself with how kind of controlled I've been with it all. You know, <laughs> maybe maybe the last eighteen months or whatever, when there's been no roar from the crowd, has made it a little bit easier as well. You know, and mm. often often, especially with Albion in the Premier League last season, a lot of the goals have been <laughs> consolation goals or meaningless goals. And the yeah. one, the, you know, the the odd days where they have had that amazing afternoon, like at Molyneux or Stamford Bridge, there was kind of like, oh my God, this is amazing, but. Yeah, mm. uh, even then, do you know what? Even now, it, it's a weird thought. I know one of the questions we'll come to later is about kind of the pros and cons, but kind of just touching on the subject ahead of that, the one thing I do miss is away days, being in the, being in yeah. the away end um, and having that proper full-on, you know, celebration. Rond on 96th minute at Stoke and all that kind <laughs> of thing. You know what I mean? Where you just lose yeah, yourself. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, so, I mean, at the moment, yeah. You take the lead against Luton, take the lead against Mill, you, you're not losing your head, you yeah. But generally speaking, yeah, it is. Um, I think I might have just probably maybe grown into it a little bit so much so that it doesn't really. I, I can't, I know I can't, kind of just let my emotions get the better of me in that moment, mm. yeah. Um, yeah, so is, w- sorry, I, go just, on, I mean,
2: that's that's one thing we've we've heard from a few of the journalists that we've had on that they can actually be quite subdued. You know, they've almost learnt, as you said, you know, growing into it, you know, to not go absolutely crazy when, when your side scores. Mm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree. I think that must be a, a common theme. And you do get used to it. I mean, it is a number of matches you do over the course of the season. And, it, it, yeah, I mean, you, there aren't too many occasions where, especially with Albion, in the last couple of years, that it's not like there are too many occasions where it's like 90-minute winners you know yeah. that, that, that mean something in the greater scheme of things over the course of a season so mm. yeah I mean I don't know maybe if they got themselves to a cup final at Wembley and it was you know 40,000 Albion fans were there and they got a dramatic winner at the end of the game then you might be struggling to not yeah. stand mm. up and you know give it big in the press box but other than that <laughs> yeah I think just generally speaking I think I found it fairly comfortable to be honest with you
1: so, Joe, um, we'll, we'll come straight back to to the beginning if we can. So, um, can you give us um, maybe a definitive moment or um, maybe a stage in your life whereby you simply fell in love with football?
0: Yeah, football generally. I um, pretty conventionally, really. I, I'm somebody who would, uh, from the age of five, six years old, would run around the, the playground at school with you know Panini stickers, doing swaps mm. and stuff like that, and filling the books in yeah. that kind of thing was a bit of a glory hunter initially i my my dad um eventually saw the error of his ways but he bought me a man united top and indulged me when i was a kid and i got a trip to old trafford and really enjoyed it it was kind of you know trebles yeah it was just it was like the kids these days where man city and chelsea tops it was that kind of thing um and it was all about Beckham and gigs etc but yeah Mm. uh a trip down to the hawthorne soon sorted me out and um (laughs) <laughs> First game I went to see, I've just, I just the minute I saw Lee Hughes' hat trick against Gillingham, I knew that I had to leave Beckham and Giggs behind and um, <laughs> and go and support Gary Megson's Albion. so, in fact, it was probably just slightly before Gary Megson. But yeah, um, from the age of five, six, it was just the thing to do, wasn't it? You know, you kicked the ball around at school. You you look forward to watching match of the day when you recorded it on your VHS because you were in bed <laughs> by the time it came on. Um, and and I, I was I was playing I was playing football. From kind of the age of six seven years old for my local sunday team so uh mm. just absolutely loved it but i didn't really get into albion and properly follow the albion until pretty much the year they went up the first year um yeah under megson when i really 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 started kind of getting to enjoy it and and made a few trips down to the hawthorns in that time so um yeah the the, the one thing i would say though is that my dad's actually a blue nosy oh somebody eh? who throughout the early 90s when I was born and my brother and sister come after me and um, he kind of took, Blues took a back seat with him. He would be somebody who would have followed Blues all over the country in the 70s and the 80s and um, mm. just became a dad, you know, got married, had, had had kids and settled down and Blues took a back seat and by the time I discovered Albion, he was happy enough to let me crack on with that. Um, if, you know, yeah. if I'd have come home, you know, saying I want to go down to Villa Park, he probably would have <laughs> taken me aside and had a word, but... Um, with <laughs> Albion it was like okay do you know what Blues and Albion there's never any bad blood there they're a good family club I can send yeah. them there it's fine my brother yeah. did exactly the same but he um, he got my sister so my sister and my <laughs> dad have got Blues season tickets so yeah um, we're quite a divided family but in that respect but um, I just you knew when I was going to go and watch the first Albion game I knew that I'm, that would be my team hmm
2: hmm okay uh, pff, Shame for you
0: uh, so
2: sorry <laughs> sorry man um, so at what point did you know then you wanted to get into journalism uh, in, in sport and football
0: uh, when I knew I wasn't good enough to play is the <laughs> huge answer I give right. um, I knew I was right absolutely answer. atrocious footballer um, <laughs> do you know what going back to school it was always kind of I loved English I loved English and, and all my mates were kind of math science and mm. I was always words over numbers I'd always write an essay before I kind of sat and did yeah, it yeah. A, a, an exam in science or maths um, so in that respect that kind of set me up pretty well and then my brother started playing he's a better footballer than me he started playing for a local team on a Saturday and I offered to write match reports for his team for his team of um, with his mates so for, for, for their website so that kind of got me into the idea You know, when I was 10, 11, 12 years old
2: hmm. this is
0: quite good fun actually even just sitting on the side making observations, making notes uh, and putting a report together. Um, I quite enjoyed it. My cousin's about 10 to 15 years older than me. He was from Belfast, and I went over and visited him and shadowed him for a couple of days at the Irish News um, when I was younger, when I was about 15, 16, and just got an idea of what it was like to work in that environment and really, really enjoyed it. And I knew then that I was going to be... Um, that's what I wanted to do. And that kind of shaped my education then, because, of course, when you're 14, 15, you... Make your choices. You decide yeah. what you want to do in terms of subjects and things like that. Um, yeah. And it became sociology, media studies, things like that. You know, um, writing and, and talking, communicating with people, socializing. So all that kind of side of things took care of itself, really. But um, probably, yeah, from from the age of ten or eleven years old, going back to my brother's football team, I would say that that's when I knew, you know, sports journalism. What a great idea that is for a, to, to make a living. Mm.
2: Mm. Yeah, I mean, you, you almost, it's a bit of a cliche, but you're almost paid to watch football and, and sort of give your opinions on it. I, mean, I, I can't think of anything better than that.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm i very, very fortunate in that respect, yeah. Um, and as mentioned already, there are, uh, you know, certain situations, certain games where you would kind of like to walk up and buy a hot dog and go to the pub and mm. get a ticket in your seat. And there are aspects of match day that I do miss being a regular yeah. fan but then you kind of shake yourself and think, yeah, God, I'm I'm, you know, I'm, I'm working here. I'm, uh, yeah, this, is yeah. like, this is my nine to five kind of thing on a match day. So uh, mm. in that respect, yeah, very fortunate.
2: I mean, do, do you get the chance to go to any games or is it, is it just every weekend you,
0: you're on? Do you know what? I don't think I've been to a game as a fan since I started covering the Albion, which sounds quite sad okay. really, but I did a lot, you know, through my uni days and even when I was working for the mail for the first four or five years... Where I'd work Sundays, um, and I'd always have tickets and you know, going around the country with Albion on the Saturday. Um yeah. working Sunday morning meant I wasn't quite as heavy on the booze as some of my mates, but um, you know, it, you still really enjoyed it. So even right up to kind of I mean I'm thinking, you know, that awful day, Cal, will know, when Albion got beat at Huddersfield, um oh, just before that simply sacked.
1: That is the worst day <laughs> of my life. Because not only <laughs> was the football absolutely trash, I think we got down to ten men as well. Or no, they, they I think did. they was it, was it was ten men. They, I, they, no, you're men.
0: right. You're right. They did. They did. They, they gave us a sniff and we still yeah. couldn't take it.
1: And we still played three older <laughs> midfielders. And then it, it took an absolute joke to get in the stadium because they've got two turnstiles for the away end. Um, we missed the first ten minutes, thankfully, because I didn't want to watch any more of that. It was just absolutely woeful, wasn't it? It was awful. It was
0: and then so of course bad. the winning sorry, goal was scored by a Wolves fan by a Wolves by an ex-Wolves player so
1: oh it was um, Van La Parra wasn't
0: it he loved the goal <laughs> yeah, against horrid us. horrid goodness man so, sorry mean, I've yeah, there. not at all I am um, going through <laughs> that season even that season Like I mean and even under Darren in the championship the night we beat Leeds 4-1 hmm. I was in the smelly can that night um, so you know right up to pretty much the, the time that I um, took over from Paul who, who covered the album before me uh, yeah I, w- I was I was I was still I was still going to uh, to games. You know, I was in a pub watching the game, the playoff game at Villa Park, and um, I was actually in Ireland at the time. I was I was in Belfast and was flying back to back to Birmingham the night that we um, we lost on penalties in the second leg, which was absolutely horrific because it's only a 45, yeah. 50 fifty-minute flight from Belfast to Birmingham. But that was the entirety of the first half, and not until. We touched down. Did I have a clue what the score was? was yeah. Absolutely God. horrible. That'd
1: have been torture.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, I literally, because I live in Droitwich. So I had to do all the nonsense, not all the nonsense, but you know what I mean? You have to do all the kind of stuff you have to go through at the airport. Then you get mm. yourself to New Street, then get yourself to the train, the taxi home from the train station. And as the taxi pulled up on my drive, um, who was it? was it? Who scored the winning penalty for Villa?
1: Was it, or Was it, it a case of me, missing? Uh, a tell, me,
0: tell me, Abraham. Tell me. Scored Abraham, Abraham. scored the winner as he pulled up my drive, uh, mm. um, and the taxi driver looked at me and was like, "Oh, it's a bit crap in it." I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> yeah. i, I <laughs> pack my suitcase like after my holiday, um, and then that was it. Yeah, that, that was that was it. From from there on, it was um, you know very lucky, very very lucky to uh, to cover the season with Slaven, and um, mm. yeah, last year for a variety of reasons was rubbish, wasn't it? But. Um, it it started quite interestingly again this season. Yeah, very much so
2: Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So going back to to your career um, t- towards the start, uh, you had two uh, internships uh, towards the start of your career. Uh, I know one of them was at Sky Sports. Um, so talk to us a little bit about how how that went and your experiences there and anything you learned learned from that.
0: Yeah, that was a real eye opener. I did two weeks up there. Um, I actually commuted from Stoke I was, in, I was at Union Staffs I commuted from Stoke to Leeds every day because at the time I wasn't driving so uh, mm. you just kind of bit it on the you just bit the bullet and just went you know I'm going to have to pay my, my train fares for two weeks off my own back and that kind of thing and um, yeah. mm. it was it was work experience in the sense that you know it was voluntary it was on you to be there And but equally it was so it was so valuable the time I was there Um in a big city like Leeds and really nice modern office and sense that when it came to sport you could tell that they were it's a huge operation isn't it sky sports big one of the biggest companies in this country when it comes Mm. to sport and 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 football particularly um and it was basically how they overran the the website the sky sports website and all their other um kind of spin-offs like team talk and football 365 and that that kind of thing um and had, they, would, they would host podcasts there and things like that so that you would get the odd, you know, celebrity or, or, or sportsman in into the office. It was really, mm. really good. Um, it was the same time, going back a little few years, I did a couple of weeks there. It was the same time that Albion drew 5-5 with, with Man United, mm. right around that time. So um, I did make one trip down to the Hawthorns in between my trips <laughs> to Leeds. Uh, and then, yeah, that was a really, really valuable experience. They were brilliant, the lads at Sky, um wouldn't have a bad way to say about them
1: mm. yeah because it's obviously such yeah, a, a big organisation isn't it did, did you yeah. feel that obviously you mentioned like the big offices and you obviously know as you're walking in that Sky is a, is a massive organisation probably even bigger now than it was when you walked in mm. did, did you feel a sense I know it's only voluntary and you are probably given you know certain things to do that wouldn't you know that wouldn't give to a volunteer with all due respect but did you feel yeah. a sense of pressure as you walked in that it
0: was like wow like, this is this is big it was like, yeah, you kind of walk through the doors and you think to yourself, OK, could I imagine doing this myself on a permanent basis? And I had that actually a little bit the first day I worked through the Birmingham Mail and went, this isn't work experience anymore. This is actually me, my job. This is my hmm. my now permanent nine to five. So it was a little bit of that in, in terms of it being a little bit, you know, maybe daunting um, when you're walking through the doors. You're going through reception, you get the lift up and you're in this office and there's you know 150 people all at, that, all at computers looking up at you to see who's come through the main doors yeah. Um, but yeah no again it was really really valuable and yeah there are occasions where you're asked to go and make tea and coffee and stuff but at that point you're kind of like well yeah I'll do whatever I need to to be honest Yeah. because yeah. Um, you don't know what's coming around the corner you don't know what's ahead of you so you make yeah. an impression any way you can yeah absolutely
1: Um. so moving away from your your time at Sky. Um, So, obviously, we we did a little little bit of research and we we noticed that you were Mm. a coaching assistant for for nine (laughs) years, um, which is obviously a a great length of time. So, um, talk to us about coaching. Do do we enjoy that? You know, have you ever been tempted to jump back into it?
0: Yeah, I did that. I mean, it was under Paul Tate, uh, the ex-blues player who has um, Midland Soccer coaching is his, his, you know, coaching school. A lot of ex-players have that nowadays, don't they? I know Lee Henry's done Mm. something and, um, one or two other guys have got their own, their own kind of setups, uh, yeah. and it worked really well. I was actually one of the lads who would go along and play uh, on a Monday night under him, and just mm-hmm. you know it was like a course that would, would cover basically the school the school term uh, on a Monday night it was something you look forward to. Um, lots of drills and lots of matches and that kind of thing, really enjoyable. One day I was about fourteen, fifteen. He said, Do "You fancy like helping out with the younger age groups?" And I said, "Yeah, of course, yeah." Um, and it began with kind of you know. Can you collect the bibs and the balls and the, uh, you know, that kind of thing? The cones, um, mm. can you put the goals up? Can you drop them down? The big sambas. <laughs> uh, and yeah, but it was, then it became very much like, okay, this lad's obviously, you know, willing to work. And it would end up that I would do kind of referee at summer camps where, that would last a week or two. And it was just money in my pocket at that time as well. I was 16, 17 years old. I was not even at uni yet, so... It was good. It was enjoyable. Uh, you kind of learn on the spot, and and Paul Paul's terrific. Uh, you know, in, in in giving me that opportunity. In terms of going back into it, not really. I, I've got to be honest. I'm happy enough doing what I'm doing in the industry now. I think. Yeah. I've got a lot of admiration for coaches, um, especially when you're working with young young people as well and kids. It's a lot of patience mm. required a lot of the time. You got you know, you got, you got to have a really really good temperament. Um, so I think yeah. Football manager would probably be the extent of my coaching, really, even now. <laughs> That's uh, tough enough. It is, yeah, exactly, God, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, a lot of admiration, as I say, uh, but not for me, I don't think.
1: Yeah. Um, and, and later on in, in your career, and I completely didn't know this about you until until I looked it up, but you actually worked for um, West Brom for, for a period of time operating the, the, the yeah. fan cam material. Um Talk to us about that, and how did that opportunity come about? Because that's that's not something that we've seen in football up until. And correct me if I'm wrong, but over the last sort of ten years, that started to be something. Obviously, social media's grew. The mm-hmm. the there's more opportunity to do things like that to get a fan's reaction for when your team scores. So from when you were doing it, it would have been a fairly new thing, I assume. So
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, me it was it.
1: like talk to me about it a little bit.
0: It was, yeah, I mean, it's obviously not going to be quite Arsenal fan TV because I was working for the club. So it was not going to be just, you know, slate in the club. Um In that respect, it was going to be, it was straightforward stuff. It was it was vox pops before the game. Um And, you know, you'd go around, me and another chap would go around, he'd have the camera, have the microphone, and he'd just stop fans outside the Bromley Road or outside the, the East End, mm. around by where the bomber statue is. And just ask fans for their predictions, their general thoughts on on Albion at that time. And I did that yeah. from 2013, and I did it probably for about two or three years. Uh, got the got the opportunity to do it while I was at uni because my uh, my uni lecturer um had contacts with Albion, and they were always looking out for people that they could kind of look, you know, give opportunities to just on a part time mm. basis. So the opportunity came up, and my lecturer knew I was a big Albion fan, so. I was lucky enough in that respect that I could sort myself out with that. Um, and, yeah, again, it was really, really good uh, opportunity. It kind of just opened the door a little bit. It, it made me realise that I really did want to do this as a job. Um, and and also, on top of that, it was great in terms of contacts as well because they would let me up in the press room before the yeah. game where I could sit and watch the mm. game as well. So there I'm, yeah. you know, I'm being introduced to people like Henry Winter and things like that when I'm, <laughs> you know... 18, 19. I'm a uni kid, uh, and mm. you realise that journalists, sports journalists, that are all like the national press are not, you know, these horrible monsters. They are actually just <laughs> lovely people who are more than happy yeah. to give you a few minutes of their time as well if you, if you kind of just go and tap them on the arm and introduce yourself. So, I found that really, really useful. Uh, and it was, uh, can all know around that time. It was kind of the three minute clip that, that was, you know, um, put onto the onto the big screens at the Hawthorns about 20 minutes yeah. before kickoff. So. It was really good really good fun I did it for a couple of years and soon mm. realized I was wasting my money on a season ticket in the East End that was not getting used because I was up <laughs> helping myself to some food uh, and chatting <laughs> with journalists. So yeah, um that was kind of there 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 lay the end of my season ticket around that time.
1: Did did that wet in your repertoire a little bit in terms of speaking to these journalists and seeing what they were doing a little bit to think hang on there could be something that I enjoy here. Obviously, you you explained previously that was something that you wanted to get into anyway, but then meeting these people who are doing this for a job as it is, and quite big names, as you mentioned, like Henry Winter, surely that makes you go, I want in here.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it led to my job as well. Um, You know, there was still more work to be done, but I was introduced to Matt Kendrick, who ended up being my my editor at the Birmingham Mm. Mail, uh, through one of the lads at West Brom, who said, basically... Look out for a job at the mail that might be coming up soon. So it yeah. would be a case of just pestering Matt every time I saw him for the course of a couple of months, saying, "You know, is there any yeah. any news on that front?" Uh, and yeah, sure enough, an interview came about a, a few months later. But that was exactly that. It was all about just seizing opportunity that was that was afforded to you at that point, really, and and um, and kind of and cashing in because it was it was great. It was really really good opportunity. Um, and learn, uh, learn, you know, a fair amount about just the workings of a match day in that small amount of time as well. Yeah,
1: no, I can imagine absolutely. And 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 you mentioned obviously the Birmingham Mail there. We'll move on to to, to that now if we can. And um, you obviously moved then. I think you've been there for what is nearly seven years now. Um, you know covering as you mentioned you know the big Midlands teams like obviously mainly West Brom as, as the biggest Midlands team of course but also course. covering the likes of Villa and, and Wolves in that time as well
0: yeah, the also runs <laughs> I like to call them yeah.
1: <laughs> mm, okay. um, talk, talk to us about um, I, I know we've had um, I mentioned we had Luke Atfield on before, and it was great to sort yeah. to Luke to give his side of it. And I know he's got a slightly different role from him from himself, but talk to us what your role looks like. Um, maybe from a week that he maybe includes a home match day. Just talk to us what about you? know, your your role looks like at the Birmingham Mail.
0: Uh, it's a little bit different nowadays. I mean, I haven't been in my office for about 17 months, so um, mm. that's been a that's been a a, a real. It's been a, tr- a tough one to be honest with you, because I really enjoy that 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 kind of face to face. Um so when I'm out yeah. when I am on a match day, or as I've been saying about the cricket in this earlier this summer, being able to go along and, and even just interacting with people face to face. And it hasn't been Zoom calls or Google Hangouts. It's been face-to-face chats. You just talk about anything at all. Um that that's something I've really, really missed. And that would be the kind of thing I would do. You know, on a Monday we would have a multimedia day, which would include doing podcasts and videos and you know Facebook mm. lives and that kind of thing. Um and then the week, you know, the week we've got we, this week, for example, the week I, that we're talking about, we've got a game on a Tuesday night and a game on a Saturday. Yeah, I mean, you know, you'll have press conferences for both. You'll have general pre-match stuff. Uh, and then you know, your post match on the day after as well. And then if you've got two games in a week, then you'll have a day off in the, in the week, which tends to be like the Thursday. And by mm. the time you come back on the Friday, you
1: prepping for the next game. Yeah.
0: Prepping for the next game. Yeah. So mm. of course it, things have died down a little bit at the moment because of um, the transfer window closing. And it tends to be the most hectic time of year, August and January, are just absolutely mad in yeah. terms of, you know, the transfer links that come up on a daily basis. Um, and you've got to try your best to offer a bit of clarity in those respects. And, mm. um, and, and, and that's obviously on top of all the other football that goes on, especially at the start of January, Christmas time. It's just absolutely haywire mm, yeah. with all the uh, the scheduling and stuff. So, yeah, between all that, it, it's um, you keep yourself busy enough. You know, like today, it's been a lot of um, stuff on. We're pretty comprehensive. We, we try to be as compre- comprehensive as we can at the mail. So you kind of do like your stuff from the back end of last week and following on from the Albion game that's just happened, and then today it'll be. As much to do with you know what Rain Rooney's been saying um, mm-hmm. about Albion as well and trying to and what the Derby fans have been saying about it and what their kind of their view and their their predictions for the game to come. Um yep. and you're kind of balancing it out. So yeah, I mean at the time of recording this, I've not actually logged off yet. So it's kind of like, <laughs> you know, it's a long, it's a long day. Um sure. But yeah, but of course it's it's a very rewarding job as well. Hmm. Yeah.
2: Uh, how do you find all the you set like up the multimedia things um, you know the podcasts and videos because obviously when when you were younger journalism still was you know maybe just the newspaper and possibly mm-hmm. the starting you know starting of um websites and things like that so how do you find sort of the evolving nature of journalism in in that sense uh, with, with technology and things like that
0: There are days when I'll I'll have been sat in the office maybe in the last three or four years where you're with kind of more senior colleagues who would reminisce about days when they do a story at 9am and be in the pub by 11. And you do think to yourself, Mm. oh God, I've missed a generation here, definitely. Um, You know, that kind of old school reporter. Um, So yeah, in that respect, it's far more hectic and you only have to speak to some of the guys that have been in this industry for 20, 30 years to know that it is so quickly changing. Uh, and still evolving even now. So, I mean, yeah, it, it's something that uh, even at university, you were very, very clear on what you wanted to do. I was always going to be written journalism. It was always something I wanted to do, papers, yeah. websites, whatever. Uh, it was always something I wanted to do. I've got great admiration for one or two of my, you know, one or two of my Albion colleagues, people like Rock Gurney at, at BBC WM, who have got mm. amazing um, ability to to do live commentary. I mean, I think that's something that is absolutely incredible. Um, yeah, I went to uni with Jesmo Holland, who's the Albion uh, mm. radio guy. Uh, yeah, yeah, And again, you know, he's absolutely exceptional at what he does. I couldn't do that. I'm more than happy to, you know, write and, <laughs> and tweet during the course of a game, and then sure. you know, you you kind of um, you have to deal with the the transcriptions and everything else that goes mm. on the back of it. But uh, that was something that's something I was never really keen on doing was going to be TV or radio, not really. Um, yeah, but yeah, you have to. You just you have to be. Um, adaptable nowadays you have to be able to go and do facebook lives and, and videos and stuff even if you're not overly keen on the idea initially and then mm. you do eventually grow into it a little bit as well i think
2: yeah yeah um i mean we we're gonna we talk about this anyway but um yeah about social media and things like you just said you, you, you're still logged on on there do you ever try and give yourself a bit of time away from from social media and and from from work as well because now it's so easy to you know, just think, oh, I'll just try and do a bit more, you know, especially at the moment when it's work from home, you know, you you, you can't get away from it. And it's, like I said, you know, very easy to keep working. So do you do you try and stop stop yourself, give yourself a break from, from it all? Well,
1: I think just to add yeah. on that as well, quickly, before you answer as well, Joe, that obviously Twitter is such a, a big part in that, yeah, in yeah. the sense of you can get news like that these days. People want news like that. So if something was to break about Albion in the next 10 minutes... There's even though you might not be working at that point, you almost feel a responsibility to go, I need to get on that now. And yeah. it, it wasn't and it's like it's almost that before, like
2: it? um 24-7 as well, because I mean obviously the, mm. the internet's always on Twitter's 24-7. So
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's an interesting point you make about being always on because you're at home. And I, I definitely I felt that is that that contradict myself a little bit earlier. I was talking about traffic and how how much I hated traffic. I do miss commuting, actually. I do miss that kind of get up and go in the morning. Um, yeah, you yeah. found it almost too easy to kind of roll out of bed and then, you know, you are switching your laptop on in the study or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we, we are, we are a desk who tend to be on from 6am till, you know, nearly midnight. So you do know that even if something does break and you're not in a position to log on and, and sort something out, it will be picked up by one of your, one of your colleagues. So we're looking that respect and, um, I think you're absolutely right in terms of the need to switch off. It's so important. I'm hopefully having a couple of weeks off, you know, in the next few months. So I can kind of just, and I will be then, it'll be a case of when I'll be on the telly, I'll be able to kind of enjoy it with a beer. Um, yeah. i not worry too much about it. And if I do venture onto Twitter, just for a bit of an interest of what the WBA hashtag says, then I will do. <laughs> and I don't feel the need to kind of like, you know, spark into life in in a work sense. Um Yeah because yeah it is you're absolutely right i think you need to kind of differentiate don't you the football is mm. great and it's a great industry to work in i lucky in that respect certainly but it shouldn't then totally just dominate i don't think
2: yeah yeah
0: 100
2: yeah. um yeah i mean luke uh luke hatfield even he said you know about the commu- uh, the commute as well he said he almost prefers going into the office some days because the the commute is almost a bit of a timeout you know maybe a bit of a time to yourself or mm. a bit of reflection and a time where you you can't work in, in a sense and yeah um i i, I agree with him because obviously i work in birmingham and everything and it's it's nice even just the the walking yeah just mm. yeah, i would physically. as well yeah, i'd it's... agree
0: with that yeah stick a podcast mm. on in your car or whatever as you're mm. battling yeah, down yeah. the hagley road you know that that that, <laughs> that yeah that is something i do miss i got to say
1: yeah um, so moving on to uh, another question, if we can, and um, it's a bit of a, a new question we've thrown in, actually, is that um, obviously you're, you know, in your role, you're interview people, mainly, you know, people from West Brom, the manager, players, et cetera, et cetera. Obviously, you probably haven't been interviewed many times before. What's that feeling like of being interviewed rather than being the interviewee as such?
0: Yeah, prepping for questions is nice. I got to be honest. I, <laughs> I, I appreciate you just sending you know an idea of what the question was going to be like. Um, yeah, I've been very flattered. to have People message me saying, "Will you come on to our podcast as a guest, including this one?" And um, in that respect, it is quite a nice, refreshing change. But I do, I do enjoy interviewing. I think that's one of the nice things I can I'm able to do, whether it be football or certainly in cricket as well, where I've been trying my hand at something a bit different. I do enjoy kind of listening to people and, and you know, being able to yeah, ask yeah. direct questions and and get stories and 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 I, in, in, you know, what their their week their week's been like or, um, you know, their thoughts in a managerial sense maybe that's their thoughts after a game or, um, how they viewed it how they saw different things because they're professionals they're the guys that are, uh, you know, in the middle of it all. So to kind of get an yeah. idea of what it's all like from from their perspective on the touchline or on the pitch or wherever, um, mm. so I really do enjoy the interview process as, as as an interviewer. But yeah, it's a refreshing change.
2: Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll, well maybe uh, yeah, maybe at the end we could give you some time if you want to ask us anything, cause I'll uh, <laughs> uh, turn, turn around.
1: That
2: way. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> what, what sort of uh, what sort of milk do you have um, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. um so if you could if you could give us one pro and con of being a uh, sports journalist what would they be um, and like we've, we mentioned before you know does it change the way you, you see a match now
0: yeah, the pro would definitely just be the match day as a whole. It's something I still look forward to. You know, I'm still buzzing to be able to go to the Hawthorns tomorrow night and watch that game. i would probably better set off now to battle the M5, but <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, that's still something I absolutely love. I love being part of of that match day, um, and and you know, soaking up the atmosphere even from the press box, and you're not at the top of the Smithwick singing, but you are very much in that arena. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and almost subjected to it. So I still really, really enjoy that. And you, every single journalist in the country will tell you, and it's, it's becoming a cliche, but having the fans back is amazing. It is watching games behind closed doors just felt so uh, pointless, really. Yeah. You know, to the point mm. where it was like watching twenty-three football or and mm. the only people that would celebrate would be, you know, a handful of coaching staff if there was a the goal that went in. So, to have full house back at the Hawthorns, when that goal went in um, against L- the first goal against Luton, it was absolutely mm. outstanding. Um, really, really yeah. enjoying that now that they're they're all back. Um, so, it's still certainly match day is, without a doubt, the, uh, the best part of the job because that's what we're doing it for. It's still, it's football. Um, my cons, looking at my notes now, <laughs> having no, we've actually probably pretty much covered them have it, missing out on away days is definitely something I, I do, you know, kind of regret a little bit more that I haven't done. There are days like that, you know, I'd love to have been in the away end as a GI squad at Peterborough and that kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Those those kind of moments um, because I've enjoy, because I've had those moments before with Albion um, and you you know they do live with you yeah. that you you know they're really really enjoyable days out as well. It's not even just the football, is it? You know, it's it's the no, beers of course and the travel, yeah, and yeah. your mates and it's brilliant. Um yeah, definitely the fact that the the journeys are long and not, uh, particularly in the pandemic when we couldn't share lifts with other local journos for you know myself and Luke and Joe and, and Steve maybe would, would 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 share lifts you know with car share if we were going for a long journey. You knew mm-hmm. it was only gonna have to be one in four, whereas throughout the pandemic we couldn't do that. So yeah, there were a lot of long journeys um sure. to grind around the country and home again. Mm. Uh, And then probably another pet peeve would probably be transcribing. It's just, you know, you can do an interview for 20 minutes, half an hour, and that transcribing and tapping it all out is very painstaking at the best of (laughs) times. It's not my favourite part of the job, by (laughs) long way, I've got to be honest. Well,
2: yeah, I can see see how that might get a bit annoying.
0: That's Um, that's the other great thing for the radio lads, is that once their interview's done, they can back up and go home.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah whereas yeah.
0: we're all sitting there like oh, this with our earphones in yeah. <laughs> does like does you
2: know
1: when like you Joe and Steve are like frantically working on like a, a match report and Luke just goes off with his camera films a couple of people comes yeah. back he's done and he's just like sipping a drink and watching you lot like, sweating yeah, he's you know, one of your back well. off
0: yeah I can I, imagine he's, he's definitely it, I like imagine. yeah he's definitely with Rob Gurney in that respect um <laughs> <laughs> uh, although to be fair, he's i uh, probably doing him a disservice because I know he how hard he works in terms. No, of this, he's um, a
1: he's a really good lad, and, he's, and You know and what? I was just going to say. The, I was, was going to say all, all the
0: video stuff. I couldn't do. I couldn't do all the video stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Exactly. So all...
1: You have to have a certain um, a certain. What's the word I'm looking for? Um almost passion but almost. But you you almost have to it's it's, it's a, a technique isn't it it's a quality that you have to be able of to course, do that yeah. um and, and i admire people that do it and I, and I was just about to say that you know having spoken to to yourself and, and luke and obviously um listening to um, and uh to the stuff joe massey does as well i know that you guys are very very personable and i think that's why people mm. enjoy your content because i think they get to quite often see um, the person who's who's doing that content. And I think that helps with the relationship between the you who's writing or, or recording, whatever it might be, but then also the person who is enjoying that content. And there, there is that little bit of a, a connection there because you, you get into investing the person as well as the, the content, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, very much so, I agree. Yeah.
2: Uh, we're talking of writing articles, um, what's been your favourite article that you've written? Uh, and also have you had a bit of a difficult article that you've written so in terms of maybe research or subject matter um, what would you um say for that?
0: not so much in terms of research I, I, the the in terms of difficulty are one or two bits and bobs that we've had to kind of maybe worry about maybe maybe might be considered too strong a word but What I'm trying to say, if you've got like the news desk for anything that is kind of too out there, you know, um, Mm. try and keep it as footballing as possible. So when there are, you know, front page news stories as opposed to back page, it's not something I have to worry about as much as maybe other Mm. outlets would because our news guys um, would pick them up. But in terms of most rewarding piece was something I did last season when I wanted to do something on um, Josh Griffiths, who... Uh, Rob may or may not know he's a young lad who goalkeeper for West Brom, who is um, he's out on loan at Lincoln at the moment. He was out on loan oh, yeah. last yeah, season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was with the the um,
2: the, the playoff ones. final with a yes. I watched, yeah, I watched. Oh no, sorry, it was the playoff semi final against Sunderland. I watched that one. Yeah, yeah, I saw yeah. I saw him in goal. Oh no, that's Alex. No, that's Alex Palmer. No,
1: that's, that's Alex Palmer. So oh. we've got two reasonably yeah. young goalkeepers. Yeah, we've the goalkeepers be, uh, less right, than goalkeepers at Albion. We just send
0: oh. our we just send our keepers to Albion, to, to Lincoln every, every summer. Um, no, yeah, Griffiths. Oh, you can see my confusion there. Of yeah. course, of course. We, Griffiths won the league with uh, with Cheltenham last season. Um, mm. oh. He's in England under-21s, which is, nice. I think, really, really good achievement for where he is at the moment. Uh, it, it was just something I wanted to do because I knew that a lot of people at West Brom have been absolutely raving about him and how good he is or how good he's going to be. Um so I was on the phone to Michael Duff the Cheltenham manager I um, managed to speak to Boaz Myhill at one of the West Brom in the 23s games because that was something I was trying to do a lot of last season was 23s and, and the 18s when they were on their FA Youth Cup run before mm. they were horribly um, knocked out by Villa Um well, you could say West Brom's uh, B team there. They've stole from
2: us. Yeah, 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 yeah. They stole exactly. To, yeah. To, yeah, To be honest, I'd call West Brom
0: uh, the West Brom B team. <laughs> Out <how are> <laughs> of those two teams, the thought <laughs> that was quite funny, wasn't it, Cal? Um, uh, I can get on board with this. I can get on board with it. <laughs> Thank you. Very so much. yeah, I spoke. I spoke to. Uh, I spoke to those guys. I also spoke to Appleton about about Palmer as well. Um, mm. I just find that 23's football. There's a lot of there is a lot of interest in there from the from the Albion fans. And you've seen it this season when people want to know a little bit more about, about Caleb Taylor and Taylor Gardner Hickman and mm, Ethan Ingram you
1: know, Rico,
0: and books, yeah. Ethan Ingram and, and Rico Richards. And mm. um so that was a really rewarding piece. And going back to the idea of having to transcribe, it wasn't fun for that period <laughs> of time, but um it was it was really, really I, I I really actually read it back and was like, yeah, I'm quite proud of that actually.
2: Yeah, and uh, speaking of, of writing articles again, obviously. Uh, Back in June You quoted uh, Our interview We did with Rakeem Harper About his time At Birmingham And uh, West Brom Um, So just a little question So how did you find out About our episode And then can you give us A bit of a brief insight Into how maybe The article came about After that
0: Yeah uh, I mean It would have been Through social media I think Uh, In fact I Would have seen it On the WBA hashtag Mm. Okay Yeah and then I gave I gave the interview a listen. I really enjoyed it. Actually, I thought he was brilliant. Um, mm. oh, no, on you. the on the podcast. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, Rakim as well. I thought he was really he, he did all right as well. Nice and down to earth. He did all right. Yeah, he did all right. No, and down um, to
1: earth, lad, wasn't it? Rakim? <laughs> no, I, I nice
0: do. Life. I just I, I really hope he um, and Carl as well. I really hope that they, they yeah. kind of hit it off at, at Ipswich. Um, so yeah, you you know especially in the summer months, the summer window, and there's no football, and it's going to be transfer-related because he's been out on loan at Blues, and yeah. especially working for the Birmingham Mail, there was a Blues element to that as well because Blues fans were very interested mm. to see what happened next to them. So it was mm. kind of, in, in, in the club's respect, respect, it was like um, it was like kind of almost two birds with one stone. So what I always try and do is, I know I'll never be the first person to get to every single story with Albion, so if there is something out there, it's a case of making sure that um you know you 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 are crediting the um the relevant sources correctly and, and prominently and and making sure that you you know you are kind of acknowledging where they've come from in the first place uh, and, mm. and promoting where you can so that's really really important as well when people have put you know the, the legwork into getting that that done in the first place. Um and, and on top of that as I say you know I thought Raheem came across well he was very insightful and genuine about what what lay ahead for him at the time so it was interesting mm. it was it was something yeah. i thought that needed to be um to be shared as far as possible
2: mm. yeah and um just say it was almost a bit of a, mm. a a bit of a sort of a dream you know for to get our sort of our content you know in you know a news site and the newspaper yeah, and things that. that. so i mean that was yeah, was, yeah so obviously
1: thank you for, for covering it because uh, yeah, no, yeah, it helps us a little about. bit out, doesn't it? So uh, thank you <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. For, for doing that. Um, moving on to a, a couple of the last questions, if we can, Joe. So um, give us some, some funny stories, if you've got any, as, as a journalist. Have you ever sort of made a mistake and, and you've gone flipping it? Like,
0: I've dropped an absolute clangour there. Is there anything that you can bring to mind? <sighs> um, Wasn't album-related, actually. It was in the early days of my time on the desk... Um, okay. wasn't that much. It wasn't that much of a clanger, but I got a bit of heat from Villa fans for it. Um, hmm. I think they're just they're just a temperamental fan base, aren't they? <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> very much um, so. Very much so. I have to work. Do you, with you it know on. what it was? Do you know what it was? Yeah. Rob will know the answer to this. Um, oh, but, Randy, well, Randy, Randy Lerner. Yeah. Um, Cleveland Browns. What sport do they play? Uh, American football. Right. Okay. So I, I referred to them as being a baseball team or something. Basketball okay, team. Yeah. Um, you know the kind of the, the kind of story that probably ought to have had a second pair of eyes on it, but I just thought oh, I'm just going with this. Uh, yeah. Quickly <laughs> learn the error of my ways. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's the beauty of online journalism is that it can be kind of changing like in yeah. Never went to print, thank God. Um, yeah, yeah. Do you know what? No, uh, the yeah, there aren't too many. The, the funny stories we tend to surround um, more generally would be kind of you know when we have kind of nights out with the desk and things like that.
2: Um, alcohol related
0: (laughs) dropping drunken stupor with with my fellow Birmingham male cohorts yeah um, no but do you know what generally they're just on that that subject what a desk they are though the the lot of them to to a man and and, and lady they are absolutely phenomenal because we are Mm. we are now Birmingham Live we do work as one big massive happy family generally happy family um, (laughs) with Coventry Telegraph and Stoke and Nottingham and Derby and Leicester yeah. Um, you know, we are kind of like a a very, very mob handed team. There are kind of like 20, 30, 40 of us, I think, all in if you counted mm. every single person. So, um, you yeah, know, they're absolutely brilliant team to work with.
1: Mm. Yeah, you brilliant.
0: mentioned a uh, funny stories, Obviously, if I'm listening to
1: um, the, the Baggies broadcast, the, the Express and Style West Brom podcast, uh, we've heard a lot of stories about the, the infamous McDonald's visits that you used to have pre COVID, as the, the four of you, Joe. Um, obviously yourself and Luke and, and Steve, I, I'd imagine there's been quite a few memorable moments at those particular visits, particularly maybe later on at night, where you've had an eight o'clock kick off and one of you starving at one o'clock in the morning, and you've gone to get some food or something.
0: <laughs> that that killed us in the pandemic. Every single service station you go to, and they'd be closed by about nine p.m. And even if you were allowed to go, you had to go and sit outside with your mask on in the rain. Yeah. And, no, I can't bother with it. So we've missed <laughs> that. And that has been already mooted that that might be restarting again in the near future. Um, Oh, hey. With just in time for the monopoly, whatever that means. I've been told that. Yeah, McDonald's monopoly is back on. It's back on. So you need to get the move on. um, Yeah, as if that as if that company needs any more promotion. We're doing it (laughs) on
2: this show right
0: here. Um, So yeah, very good. You know what I really enjoyed is that Steve and Luke and Joe are fantastic gents. um, Just bouncing off them, really, and what i found really, really uh, useful is difference of opinion. So when you are sat around having your, your, your nuggets and your Big Mac, um, <laughs> being able to kind of digest the match with three other people that have seen the same game as you, but might have seen yeah. it slightly differently. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, maybe, maybe yeah, if it was an away day and we're on the away end, we'd be sitting with the McDonald's slurring our words, having had nine pints. So it's kind of, you know, you're there in a professional sense and you're... You're kind of you're sharing your views of the game, so it is very useful actually. Um, mm. And as I say, they're all top blokes, so uh, yeah, many more adventures to be had, I'm sure, this season. I
1: look forward to hearing all the stories of them. <laughs> Shadow, yeah, there. Yeah.
0: It's so all these Tuesday kickoffs now. You see, we're <laughs> back in the championship. It's just <laughs> looking away, looking ahead at the uh, the the, uh, the fixture list for the next few weeks. We've got. Cardiff on away on a Tuesday night. We've got Swansea away on a Tuesday night. It's like yeah,
1: we've got a few Friday nights at home as well coming up, haven't we? Which, is, nights, which is an interesting one so We do,
0: yeah. we
2: do. So that that is, to be fair, one thing I miss about a championship: the uh, regularity. I guess the frequency of the of the games. Mm. You know, you might have two two a week. Uh, you know, most weeks and. I do, I do miss that but then I, I absolutely love
1: the championship I don't need to provide my opinion of the championship on this podcast again because no, I'm no, its biggest no. advocate I absolutely love it um, mm. but yeah
2: well you can you can stay down there I, um,
1: honestly so if we, if we could uh, win the league and stay in the championship <laughs> I really would honestly I really yeah. would
2: well, do, you, do you want to know a fun fact no team has ever won the championship twice in a row <laughs> yeah, good one that isn't it uh, really good that could what, be what, one of Joe
1: questions what, right, yeah, <laughs> great chat
2: Actually name, name the name the one team that has won the championship twice in a row. And then there you go. Yeah. I will
0: win anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, he you'll be there yeah. scrambling about trying to think desperately of a team. <laughs> yeah, work, yeah. I'm sure hey, on
2: it's Wikipedia. I'm, it's, yeah. it's not oh yeah. Um brilliant. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um so would you uh professional uh, do you have any advice for uh, aspiring journalists um that might be listening to this podcast and again to to bring up um, Luke Catfield I know you said last uh, last time I had him on uh you suggested to always keep writing i mean is there any sort of tips or anything you could anything you could offer up
0: um yeah well keeping yeah keeping your portfolio and uh, keep building it up is mm. something that really got me the job I'm in now um all the way through university it's quite easy to kind of do your lectures and your seminars and then do the bare minimum and then just get on the beers and then all Saturday spending all Saturday in the pub watching Jeff Stelling and the boys. Um, And there were certain instances where that was the case with me, without doubt, because you're at university, you've got to enjoy it still. Yeah. yeah. But also you've got to remember to kind of go out your way a little bit because you're not there for anybody else other than yourself. Um,
2: Mm. It's
0: it's all on you. It's what you want to do. Mm. So when I was at uni and just after I left uni, I was kind of... I was going to Mansfield. Um, I did three games there, I think, pre-season. They were playing like Walsall, Notts County, like local games, pre-season matches for Mansfield, like League Two, Um, Mm. and just writing match reports for their official website. Um, And again, as I was saying earlier, at the time I wasn't driving, so it was kind of like a three-hour journey to Mansfield from Droitwich. It was... 30 40 quid train fare <laughs> that they wouldn't be able to fund it was yeah, all on yeah. you it was you know but it's a, an investment of your time an investment of your money that you've just got to believe will, will pay dividends in the end because that was something that i was able to add to my portfolio mm-hmm. put it in a in a wallet stick it in front of the edge of the birmingham man and say well this is all the stuff i've done yeah so yeah just that as well and just keep going with it all like and the other thing as well going back to my fan cam days would be don't be afraid to kind of tap a journalist on the shoulder if you're in that environment mm. and introduce yourself and get yourself, get your name out there as mm. much as you can in that respect and make, make sure that the next time they see you, that they are able to introduce, that they're able to greet you by your name because you've kind yeah. of made yourself unforgettable almost. Um mm. And just get your name out there as much as you can really just as many bylines as you can get yourself. So, you know, I did a piece for the Telegraph when I was not at the mail and, Loads of stuff for Sky Mm. Sports that I was able to kind of get published on the back of my work experience, Um, and as I say, it it all went into one big—it went all into one big wallet—and was kind of like, you Mm, know, this is what I've done. Uh, You know, can you please give me a chance because I've made all this effort. Um, I just need to get paid for it (laughs) now. Yeah,
1: you need someone to trust you to do it on a a full-time basis,
2: don't you?
0: It's just yeah, Yeah. exactly. It's all about just having the right attitude, and then. That the, they can quite clearly see you've got the desire, um, <clears throat> and just to keep pushing it. Mm.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, when you when you're at Mansfield, is that something that you approached them and and said, you know, can I do this this for you? Or is that? How yeah, no, I it?
0: mean, I saw that there would be something, and football clubs get a little bit of stick. And I saw something that you guys might have seen on social media recently about um, Blues have put something out—an internship that's unpaid—and they got loads and loads of stick about it, and. I mean, for 12 months or whatever, that's, yeah, that's not great. That's pretty out of order, but
1: mm. yeah,
0: for the sake of, you know, like a couple of games, you think, okay, they can't even afford my train fare because they're a club that had just been promoted from the non-league. Most of the guys yeah. in the media team were, were pretty much part-time anyway. Um, mm. So they were not in a position to really sign off travel expenses to a, a guy who just graduated. So it's a case of, yeah, okay, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, absolutely. I'll be there at one o'clock on a random Saturday afternoon in July. and um Watch two teams that I you know I've not really got any kind of clue. I had to do loads of research on the Mansfield team before I got there because it was all kind of new to me yeah. um, but it was just yeah it was like it, my name was on my barline was on the on the website and so that was kind of that made it all worth it really and then they were able to say well actually will you contribute to our match day programme throughout the course of a season and again it'll be free it, you know you won't be getting paid to do it but you can do mm-hmm. it from your own home and that kind of thing so all that kind of stuff and all those clippings and all those um you know cutouts from from newspapers and match day programs and you know print offs on the on the, on online it all it all paid off.
2: Yeah. Mm. Um one I'd just say one one last thing about this as well. Um it it, it sort of um occurs to me that there's a lot of uh, in in your experience there's a lot of um little things you know a little bit of volunteering here and there and a little bit of getting your name out You know, internships and things, and that all that all builds up, and then eventually you you get to where you want to be. So, if anything, that that's almost a little bit of advice as well. You know, that you can see, you know, because where you are now, that that can that can happen.
0: Um, Yeah, yeah, I think so. And you don't want to obviously have people, companies, or or clubs or whatever like take the mick and and Mm. take take advantage of the fact that you are willing to do, you know, so much work for, for. little little reward immediately um mm,
2: yeah
0: you've just I kind think of, it, I have in, the in moderation that, isn't it yeah of course it is yeah I've not especially at the club you've got to look look at the club on face value so when i saw Mansfield i knew they weren't going to be paying me by the hour but then you mm. know it depends it depends on the football club you might be getting a chance with or the, the size of the company or or you know news outlet you might be getting an opportunity to do something with so uh, you've just got to have that belief that you know it'll it'll pay off in the long term yeah yeah definitely mm. great great advice thanks for that Joe um, and, and lastly to,
1: to conclude this interview thank you obviously for the sparing some your time you and will. coming on and, and talking to us but um, where if, if people want to check out some of the work that you do uh, where can people head to uh,
0: yeah you can go on to birminghammail.co.uk we are still birminghammail.co.uk despite the fact that when you get there we are Birmingham Live yeah. uh, you'll find Albion's page on there 90% of the stuff that's there will have been done by me, myself um I'm Chapman J ninety two on Twitter. Great. Mm. Excellent. Uh yeah, I, I would obviously yeah. recommend you
1: going and, and checking out Joe's stuff you've got some really, really good stuff. Uh, so if you are an Albion fan, Uh, I would highly recommend that you go and check out some of the stuff that is written because it is golden. So make sure you go and do that. Uh, But, Joe, that concludes our our interview. Again, thank you so much for spending time and coming on. It's been an absolute uh, joy to have you on and for you to share your experiences as a journalist. It's really, really insightful. And, uh, yeah, thank you very much for for coming on.
0: No, I've really enjoyed it. Thanks, guys.
1: Lovely. Thanks, Joe. We'll speak to you soon.
2: thanks guys for listening to this episode of the high press podcast we hope you enjoyed it Uh, we really appreciate a rating on itunes just so that people can find us more easily
1: yeah and make sure you follow us on twitter and on instagram our handle is at the high press pod this is where we announce all of our guests run competitions and keep you informed with everything happening on the high press podcast